Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Jess, I saw something just a minute ago that has sparked questions. It sparked a lot of questions. Um, I watched you (laughs) take all of the chocolate out of a trail mix and then give it away. Yes. You weren't saving it for last. No. You you weren't like, you know what? After three peanuts, I'll reward myself with some chocolate. You got rid of the... Don't ruin it. (laughs) I've never seen that before in my. What do you mean, ruin it? So that's how those M and M's got on my desk. Yes, I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sharing I, with I, me. No, I, she wasn't sharing with you. She was I, discarding I was like a garbage disposal. She discarded. That's. I've never seen that before. What you don't like the salty and sweet together? Is that what that is? I well, that's what the raisins are for. The raisins are the sweet. <laughs> Wait, the raisin. <laughs> yeah. You left the raisins, but I got like rid raisins. of the M and M's. Yes. I like raisins too, but I mean. I really like raisins. So you're anti-chocolate. Not anti, just no. it was not my first choice ever. If I like when I was pregnant with the kids, like all I wanted was mint ice cream with peanut butter. I did not want chocolate. I mean, if there's like a little chocolate mixed in, I don't mind. But just when I mean, you can go to like Stone Cold Creamery, yeah, and you can get the mint ice cream base and put like some Butterfinger and Reese's Pieces in there. Yes. Ugh. All the yes. All right. But no, I'm just not. I, it's it's fine. But, cho- you know, like some people like love chocolate, crave it. You know, they'll like reward themselves with a little yeah. bite of like good chocolate. I don't want that. Wait, so, okay. What do you reward yourself with? Goldfish crackers. Goldfish crackers. <laughs> I'm a salty person. Yeah, I like goldfish crackers <laughs> or like or pistachio. On so many levels, I'm a salty person. <laughs> um, or like pistachios. I like pistachios a lot. I like cheese, okay. cheese sticks. All right. Are you a Cheez-It fan? Do you I, like the cheese? I will eat Cheez-Its, but I prefer goldfish. Really? Yeah. I can crush a box of Cheez-Its. Especially I, the the like the the cheddar pepper jack one oh, thing. That's the one oh, Matt likes so too. Good. Yeah, cheddar Matt jack. prefers Cheez-Its. I buy the the like ba- individual bags because if I buy goldfish in any quantity, I will eat all of them. Like once it's open, I need to finish them. So, so I buy the little snack like kindergarten snack bag and I eat my little kindergarten snack bag at night. So what we're what we're telling the good people listening is that if they really want to make your day, they should send massive boxes of goldfish to the church office. When I was in college, Mark Jessica killed my off. mom and dad always would like send me a care package for finals or midterms. And they would send me like the gallon of, it's probably where I came across loving them is that like the gallon of goldfish crackers and you can just like slowly eat them for hours. Just that got you through, that got you through midterms? Like that's what I would study. I would just study any goldfish crackers. Wow. So I don't know that maybe that's where it started, but okay. Anyway, there you go. Learn I prefer something new. I prefer goldfish to chocolate. Okay. Weird, but okay. <laughs> cool. It's not weird. It's just different, right? Different. That's what we tell our kids. Not I, weird, different. I'm unique. Okay. Well, let's get to work. <laughs> Today we have a guest with well, not really a guest. Returning. He's back. Mm-hmm. He's, back. Yep. He's back. Pastor John Torres, how you doing? Doing well. Good. Yeah. Welcome back. It's good to be back. And interesting conversation about food. <laughs> we, so. It's always fun when we have somebody here who's not with us normally because they get to sit through those first few minutes of us just talking about nonsense. Right. And they're like, why right. are they still talking about that? Yeah. I mean, when you were here, though, we did a whole episode on whether or not we prefer cake or pie. Right. So. I still am classic. thinking about that. I'm still processing that. Yeah. And remembering it. That's <laughs> you know? That goes all the way back. And I know. 
I think still one of my favorite episodes that I've ever I know, done. We might have to re, you know, just reapproach that. Right. Because when we bring you in, we bring you in for big announcement things or really important things. What we should do is fake out the audience and bring you back for cake right. and pie. Cake and cake pie, pie part two. two. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Is um, there a third? Like, would there be a third entry? You know? Oh, uh, man. Expand the contest. Cake, cake pie, pie cookies? Uh, maybe cookies. Sometimes you can make a cookie pie. I never like. Those oh, I don't things. like those. No, they, don't, they never. Like the, it's not a good cookie. It's not yeah. a good pie. They no. never cook right. It's right, the right. worst of both worlds. You really yeah, right. No. I feel like we could turn this into like a competition night, like cake versus pie. Like bring, oh. bring it, and then we could vote. Maybe that's the fundraiser we need. There, you, <laughs> yes, a cake I versus d- pie fundraiser. So I did hear of this cake fundraiser that a church does, and that everybody. It's like a big. Um, I don't know if they do it like like the tricky trody, you like buy your tickets and you put in the little thing okay. or whether it's silent auction, but either way, like people, you know, put your, your pies and your cakes on display and then people buy them for like $200 and then you like take it back to your table and you sit and eat it or you can bring it home. Right. But like, I guess that's nice. the, I was like, you know, basically you, work you, better when you pay $200 for it. You, you, don't go, joke. you go for the dinner, but then you like buy your dessert. And so they like that's the whole, cool. like the table will go in together and like, Oh, we want that. You know, like we want my mother's, pie and so oh, you know like dude, i will pay 200 for my mother's apple yes. pie <laughs> no question if your mom has an apple pie on that table i'm yeah. spending money yeah i'm spending money so yeah. so that's the idea so maybe we need to have like a cake versus pie yeah. fundraiser night Some, would, somebody would they, execute that for me would, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want anything to do with it <laughs> other than to come and bring money thank you for your great idea what do they call it a good idea fairy is yeah. that what yeah, yeah. Thank you. Good idea. Fairy. Jeff doesn't have like some sort of twinkling fairy drop. Oh, what do you have? Yeah. Do we have a good drop for that? Probably not. I'm going to just pick one. We'll see what we get. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that? all of them are perfect. Man, you're just, you're just, that? that's, about what, drops. that's that was, about what mine just, yeah. uh, nailed it. I think it's a great idea. idea. Fairy would brand. I would pay money for a your wah-wah. mom's apple pie. She should brand that thing, man. It's good stuff. It is good well, stuff. speaking of fundraisers, that's why we actually, that was, that you I offered that as a segue <laughs> Thank you. option for that you. That was great. Um, so, we are in the process right now. People are starting to hear about it. It's trickling out there. A new fund, not a new fund, but a new fundraising initiative. Right. Um, tell us what it is. What What is it for? What is this? So I'm calling it the Goodwill Church Great Commission Fund, and I'm meaning it to be an annual thing. Okay. But this year especially, it's it's more than just a fundraiser. It's really an adjustment on how we view what we do as a church. And we're known because of our branches and what are our branches about. And so the whole thing came about as I was looking forward to the different anniversaries this summer. I think anniversaries are really important. Mm. They just help us to, you know, life is a, is a series of days and years that go by and you just want to do, do the best you can to just notice mm. and track your, your own life and the life of those around you and the life of the organizations that you're a part of. So it was 15 years ago on July 29th that uh, we broke ground for our new building in Montgomery. Wow. So I saw that on something, and I realized that that's amazing. So we did all this stuff in 15 years. 15 years. I remember coming back early from a vacation, 2007, and putting the shovel in the ground. We had worship service right outside. It was kind of up where the cottage is or in that area. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and this was just all property. Now, all we had was the little church. We had the messed up CE building, which is now even more messed up. We had, I don't know, we have about 25 sheds. 
on the property. <laughs> the just scattered. No, we don't have 25, probably 24. I don't know. There's a lot of sheds, <laughs> it seems like. So we had those sheds going up everywhere. And that was it, about one acre. And we had a great thing happen. We searched and searched and searched. We were frustrated. We made an offer on a back five acres here okay. for $600,000. Like back behind us, you mean? Yeah. Like, like I don't even know where that five acres was, but it was not connected to Goodwill property. So oh. we would have to have made some kind of road or something. But we, oh, just, wow, yeah. we were just desperate to try to expand. Well, I mean, and the expansion wasn't just to say, oh, we need to expand. Like, we were busting at the seams. Right, yeah. And we only had one acre, so we had we had parking problems. We had we had a lot of different problems yeah. associated with very limited space with a large group, a large uh, church. So uh, we, we put some offer there just to see, and it was rejected. And it was maybe a year, two, three later... Hmm. We were. What was interesting is we had a, a prayer meeting at the session where we decided to pray for one hour, and it was kind of a new thing because we always start with prayer. But this was praying for one hour. Okay. And the guys were like, "Okay, I'll do it. I guess because you can never say <laughs> I don't want to pray. Or say, You're not going to tell the <laughs> pastor like, no. Or, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah. So we did it, and the very next day we got offered all 25 acres. Wow. For the six hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Wow. And we went right for it, and so that's what we had on July 29th, 2007. And we had some plans and, you know, we were in the middle of working those out, but uh, it, just 15 years ago. And from that came the branches, not too long later. I mean, September, 2014 was our first yeah. in Paltz. September, 2015 was Port Jervis. And then Palm Sunday, 2019 was Beacon. Yeah, it was Beacon. And I think we thought that, or many of us thought that these branches would contribute financially and otherwise to the church. And they they haven't and they do not. And yeah. that's important uh, to for people to realize is that even though we have all kinds of great people who are, you know, servants there and generous, none of the mission none of the none of the branches, I just call them missions because that's what I'm about to call them, but none of the branches are self-supporting. So, you know, I they're missions, you know, and they uh you know, if we didn't have them, I guess we would be doing better financially. However, we might not be doing what God wants with our resources, and we're not, you know, since we're not missional in that case, or less missional, we might not be doing as well either, because who wants to tie it to a country club, you know? Mm, we want to be part yeah. of a movement, we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves that rises above human culture and transforms it one heart at a time, and that's the local church. That's God's chosen means of discipleship. If you go to the other side of the world and you want to be a missionary there, your right. goal is to build a local church. Right. So that's what we're doing with these local churches. And I remember it was Good Friday this year. It really struck me. I mean, mm. Good Friday alone can strike me, but and I had all that happen to me, but I was at each branch. Mm -hmm. That's right, because on Good Friday, you guys yeah. like travel around, all of you together, and right? It, and you know... It, it had been nice other times we had done it, but now I looked at each one and I could sense the church there, the organization, the community, the impact on the surrounding community mm -hmm. was real. Yeah. And I and I remember at the end of the day, like being home at night thinking, I wish I could bottle what I just saw. I wish mm -hmm. I could somehow put it together so that people would understand the good work that we're doing, you know, and that yeah. these branches are worth the support. This is this is frontline. Great Commission work. That's why I'm calling it the Great Commission Fund. Right. And just to be clear, and we'll repeat it a couple of times, the idea here is that we're going to have a 10-week time period beginning September 11th where we're going to ask people to give a set amount uh, every, 10, you know, every, every week for 10 weeks above their tithes, so from September 11th to November 13th. 
And we're going to look at doing that every year to support the specifically support what we're doing with our branches. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the fund, we're calling it a fund. The money's going into the general fund. Right. Right. Um, but what this is doing is it's even one of these, I got excited. It's even pivoting the purpose of a general fund. Right. It's not that we have a general fund or a budget to keep the lights on. Right. We keep the lights on because of the great commission. That's the whole reason why we exist. It is the local mission. Right. It is. So, um, so as we're, we're building this out, part of the reframing here, the adjustment you said was, um, to not be thinking about the branches as something that would somehow feed back in, but to understand them as a part of going out. Why is that an important adjustment for us to be making? When we first started, we thought about branches and then we thought at some point we're going to have mission branches which okay. are branches that we know won't support themselves, but that's where our heart's going to be. And now we realize that's what we've had all along, is right. mission branches across the board. Because <laughs> we're not supporting. <laughs> and, there's, and there's really two, there's two categories. Of, so I, okay. I came up with four categories altogether uh, that include the branches. The first one is the emerging, emerging mission branch, which is not self-supporting, but vital, reaching out, right. doing all the work of a church, may not have good children's programs yet or the children's programs they want, that kind right. of thing. The second category is full mission branch, okay. nearly self-supporting. And then the third category would be the branch that's self-supporting and contributing. Now, the okay. full mission branch would have some children's programs. And then the, the full branch, just branch, would have uh, you know everything it needs. And if it wants to go on and particularize, okay. which yeah. is a really fun word that you can talk about or have Jess <laughs> talk about in a minute, Awesome. I can't talk She's about it. You guys mentioned it, but... and I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so that's that's the plant, and we're totally open to God doing that. So okay. I don't think people realize that, that to a church if, plant itself. Yeah. yeah, if that's where that if that's where that church is going, yeah, that's where that church needs to go. However, most church plants fail. Yeah, because they go too soon. They 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 don't have the strategy worked out. They, they want to hurry up and particularize, and well, that's not how it works. Let's talk about this for a second, because I think this is an important thing that I've been I've been wrapping my head around as well, because I've, ha- I've been having to wrap my head around it because there's not a lot of churches doing what we're doing. Right. There's a handful of others, a uh, guy named Mike Moses that we know is right. doing this down in North Carolina. So they're, they're, we're not completely alone, but it's relatively unique model of doing things. And um, I've spent a lot of time around church planters talking church planting, People don't understand it takes 10 years to plant the church. Right. 10 years. Um, it takes, I, I was talking with a guy before GA. I was like, hey, um, you're going to be planting in St. Louis. When are, you, when are your first services going to be? He said 2024. Wow. Um, this was in 2022. He's saying we've just moved to the area and we're just now starting to do the ground tilling work that we need to do in two years. We hope to have our very first church service. Now to have your very first church service isn't, We've built a church. We are so totally self-sufficient. We have all the programming, all of that. No, that's just, we were able to get together and worship. It was going to take two years. After that, it was going to take five years before he was going to be able to get to a place where maybe hiring on more staff. A total of 10 years before he wouldn't need any outside funding. 10 years, one church. Right. We've done three branches in eight years. And build a... Uh, and built a new building yeah. in Montgomery in, in over 15 years. And so, had a pandemic. 
<laughs> and had a pandemic halfway through, which was a lot of fun uh, for your branch so pastors. Hit pause for two years. <laughs> all right. of us were, you know, all of us were paused. Yeah. You know, and, and even as we were continuing to do things, it was based out of Montgomery because this is the only place right. large enough where we could be safe. Yeah. And, and have any kind of program. So right. it was, it was rough. Um, so I, I want people to see that the Great Commission is most effectively carried out through planting churches, through local churches. But to plant a church is 10 years long. And do we only really want to say, hey, we've gotten something done every 10 years? Or do we want a model that is, yeah, going to cost money and is going to put us in a financially more difficult situation where the Great Commission is actually hitting communities right away, much quicker? I mean, we we launched services in Beacon on Palm Sunday of 2019, but we only took a few months before we were up and ready to worship. Yeah, a few months compared to years. Right, is because a, of the backing of the larger church right. and all the resources and energy and commitment, right, and vision of the church. Right, and that that's just. Uh, I mean, I'm only now realizing how good that is, how great that is. You know, I'm in the middle of it. You know, supposedly at the head of it. But I know who's was really at the head of it, right? And I'm looking around, thinking, "This is a this really works." Mm. There's all kinds of things happening in all kinds of people's lives. Yeah. All kinds of people are being reached for Christ, and it's it's not like a crusade or a concert or a program on TV or the radio. Those things are all good for what they are, but they're not the primary means for having people become Christ followers, Christians, right. disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, and so we're seeing that happen uh, through all the branches, and of course here at Montgomery as well. Yeah. And it's exciting, and it's I, you know, I really am excited to create the video where I listen to each one of you pastors talk about, you know, yeah. what's what's some some of the things that are going on, you know, at your particular mission branch. Yeah. And by the way, those categories. So the emerging mission branches that would be Beacon and New Paltz. Right. They're both emerging mission branches, and. Port would be our one full mission branch, but every every one of them is a mission branch. So yeah. let's let's talk about the distinction there, so that people yeah. can see why you're categorizing right. the way they are. Um, because I know that in for you you mentioned children's ministry, for example. Right. Um, so in both New Paltz and Beacon, we do have a Sunday school program, but we don't have midweek. Yeah, you don't right. have what you want. Right. We right. don't have we don't have the full program that we would hope to have multiple right. ages stuff like that. Um, does building play into this at all? I think it does. I okay. mean, so we we did what we could, and, and each situation is different, right? Right. We thought we were in pretty good shape in, in New Paltz, and that's that's probably our biggest challenge now. Yeah. You know, Beacon, we weren't really sure. Then we were getting a brand new free, well, not brand new, the opposite of brand new, but <laughs> a free building. <laughs> we were, you know, and that didn't is, happen. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. No. And then in Port, we were running into all kinds of resistance, including the city government being against right. us. I mean, it was like... <laughs> We had to that have the thing. New York State Attorney General office mm -hmm. or whatever get involved, and and now we own right. property there, and that is part of what makes a difference. Yeah, and that's just a practical thing. But then you can see the children's programs building, and they, I know they want more out of their children's programs too. Yeah, but they're just at a different level because of because the they resources. own it. Right. right, right. I mean, when you compare, yeah. let's just compare Beacon and Port Jervis for a second. In Beacon, we don't have access to the building outside of Sunday morning. Right. Like they're, why don't you, you know, because I've gotten the question, hey, why don't we run some of these midweek programs in Beacon? Cool. In your house? Like yeah. if you're opening your door, 
we can talk. But if yeah. you're not opening your door, that's why. Right. <laughs> we, could, right. we could potentially sometimes maybe right. get a midweek, but there's a huge fee involved in that. Right. Right. It's not free. And um, not close. <laughs> no. And so that's, you know, when you look at Port Jervis, owning your own property like that can be really helpful because right. you do have more flexibility to be able to have these programs and to do ministry that's more local to the church. Whereas in Beacon, uh, other than Sunday mornings, we're scattered into the community. That's it. That is our presence. We're in the community. It's a very right. different approach to how you do church. So um, when you think through the, the branches here, and the Great Commission Fund, the way the Great Commission Fund is going to really help us adjust our understanding of these branches. Are you thinking more branches down the road? Are you thinking, let's get these three really like established and then we build more? Like, What's your thought process on the continuing work of branches? It really is up to the whole church, okay. I think, at this point. That's why I'm putting it out to the church, saying, you know, I wrote here, uh, this is your way on voting. You, know, you can mm. vote with your donation on this... This outreach, mm -hmm. you know, style that we have, this methodology that we've adopted, and uh, if if there's energy there, if there's passion, then of course that that will lead to more, right? You know, and I want there to be, but I, I we we need to get there, right? And I think at the obvious, I mean, of course we want to do more, but we're going to do more when we're able to do more. Gotcha. You know, yeah. and, and where are we at? And where are people at? And do they feel it? Do they yeah. do they see it? And, and where? That's that's always an interesting question. Sure. You know, I remember when I came out with this vision, and it was pretty much exactly as I wrote it down on a piece of paper that I presented at the session one night, mm -hmm. except for the locations. Well, I was yeah. completely off, and the entire session, I thought, well, maybe this is my last night, you know, doing any of this. <laughs> and everybody on session, and all the family, spouses, everybody was, we love everything here, locations are out. You're yeah. totally wrong. Yeah. And then the, the debate on location happened from that point right and we right. ended up where we ended up well and and you know the locations that we've got are there are strategic they are you know and and that's part of this as well when we go all the way out to port jervis you are kind of at the edge of what we call the hudson valley now like oh, you go yeah. much further you're not really yeah, in the hudson a, valley it's a lot of things yes <laughs> <laughs> you really well, are you that tri-state area that's a really unique area it is i mean every time i'm driving through there i'm thinking this is just not like other places. It's not, man. The Port three cities kind of all at one, you know, uh -huh. all together. And yeah, it's a, it's an interesting little spot. Um, Beacon's on the other side of the river. New Paltz is. is in a, in, in a college town. Yep. They're all very different, but they're also doing different kinds of ministry. It's hyper contextualized. And it's one of the things I've appreciated about the branch model is I don't have to try and copy what's happening in the other Goodwill locations. Right. Because it's not if a franchise, I, right? Right. So like you're like yeah. following a recipe, yeah, and hoping yeah. for the same no result. No franchisee, no, none of that. That's, is, and we we really feel strongly that's yeah. that the whole franchise view. You now some people succeed with that, sure. or seem to be, but that just does not seem to be what uh, we feel God's calling us to at all. Because of the uniqueness of communities, right, and people and locations. Well, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about what local outreach looks like. Because yeah. one of the things that comes up, why don't we have you know a a centralized outreach team that's determining outreach for all the locations? Well, the reason for that is everywhere is so unique. It doesn't work the way Port Jervis does church does not work in Beacon or in New Paltz. The way New Paltz does church does not necessarily work in Montgomery. It's got to be contextualized. Right. The basics are there, you know. We preach, we worship, like it's church, 
But what it looks like has to be different because the community is different. It's got to be different that way. Um, so when you're thinking through the kind of the, the foundation for this, it requires staff, it requires pastors. When you think about the Great Commission Fund, is that going to help us be able to beef that up? Is this why it's tied into the general fund and not a separate thing? Right, exactly. I mean, and the idea is to uh, have people give, but have people, you know, for 10 weeks we want people to pray too. Mm. We want people to realize this is a unique part of Goodwill Church. Not just that we're big and that we've done all these cool things, and, yeah. and we're different in a lot of ways, but this is this is a very different thing that we're doing. Yeah. And and we're putting a lot into it. And it it the the implications ten years from now, twenty years from now, thirty years from now, in terms of gospel witness here in this region are profound. Yeah. You know, because we're investing in it. We're not just trying to survive. Yeah. You know, or or trying to shore up our own walls that, you know, the really good country club. You know, I mean, we could do yeah. that. We yeah. could do that. But then again, I don't think we could to the extent that some people think we could, because I think the giving would go down because mm. people aren't as motivated because that's that's not it. The Spirit of God isn't leading us to give sacrificially to something that's just... Like internal. Yeah. yeah. So like it operates for the sake of itself. Right. Jess, is there a bit of a reteaching of the congregation that needs to take place here around how we view the branches? Like as a congregant, as someone who sits in the pew, do you see the branches as our great commission effort or have you seen them as something different? I, th I think that this is a good, helpful, like reframing because especially the person that I am, I'm like, you're just costing money. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are. You're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. uh, so I think I, it is helpful to like remind that there are churches and, and, Inevitably, there are churches that will never self-support. There are churches right. that like the communities that they're in are just communities that like need a good, solid church that doesn't need them to support them because right. they'll never be self-supporting. And that doesn't mean they don't need a church. Doesn't mean that that's not a mission place for us to be doing missions. Um, so I think that's helpful. Just be like, oh, oh yeah. And also the 10 year time frame. you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, you're like kicking the kids out. All right. Like you turned 18, get out of the house and <laughs> go like do your own thing and don't ask me for money. Right. But I mean, think about that. That's a great analogy, yeah, right? The kids thing is the kids thing is huge. It takes 18 plus years, like normally kids more cost than 18 a lot. years and they cost a ton. <laughs> yeah. And, and you have to raise that child. You have to, the. A mother-daughter planting situation, which may eventually happen. Right. Like, that's not off the table. But right. That's one of the four categories. Right. That's the fourth one. That could happen. But it Praise takes God. time, man. You, you, right. You raise a and child. And we're willing to take the time. Yes. That's right. the key thing. And, and how, it's not just finances, too, that you're raising. Or, leaders, you know, like, of course. Yes. Right. You need people to do, like you had said about the Wednesday... Um, Wednesday night right. children's programs and stuff. Like, even if you had space, are there people who right. are there to really like take that on and say, I will carry this and know that like, same thing with those programs. It takes a while, yeah. years to really like build up your um, staff that are willing, not paid staff, but like your volunteer staff yeah. that are helping with those things. So, you know, it well, just even, all takes time. And even then asking the question, which program? Right. right. Because just because a program works well in one location at Goodwill doesn't mean it would in another. Right. We really have to be like, that's the contextual right. piece. Like of trail, this. trail life. I mean, the trail life in Port Jervis is huge. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It's incredible. And, but you know, would there be the same need in Beacon or would know. there, but like, you know, is right. there a different outreach for children right. that would be better for that community because they're not all the same. And that's, that's part of the work 
of building the branch is discovering that stuff that I, I didn't know this going in. Maybe, you know, maybe Josh and Jose knew this when they launched their locations. I didn't know this going in. I didn't know that the first few years of being open was just figuring out where we were. And going back to the child idea here, like for the first couple years of a child's life, they're just realizing they're alive. They're just looking <laughs> right. at it, oh, wow, I'm here now. There's a, I'm in a world. For the first few years of Beacon, that's all it is, is figuring out, oh, hey, we're here. What does it mean to be here? Right. And, um, you know, and we need to go. What Jesus said is still true, that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, right? So it's not like when we went to Beacon, we were going and saying, there's nobody here. No, there were people there. There's churches there. There's organizations there. Of course. Christians are there. God's yeah. at work we're there. We're there to support them too. Right. We're yeah. there to come alongside. We're there to be a part of this, but they need more hands on deck because mm -hmm. the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. So everywhere we go, I get this question sometimes why I'm going there. Why plant branches when there's already churches in those areas? Well, good. Like, of course there's churches in those areas. Of course the gospel's already there, but we need more workers in the field. Not, every, not One church in a town isn't going to do it all. Ten churches in a town isn't going to do it all, because not every church speaks to every person. All I have to do is travel through the Bible Belt, and you'll see Baptist Church next to Baptist Church <laughs> yes. next to Baptist Church. <laughs> right. And those churches all are bigger because they're together. Right. You know, and, and so they're, you know, it's, uh, it's how it works. You need, you, know? you need more hands on deck right. in these communities. So the next time we pick a place... One of, the, one of the things that we're looking at isn't, oh, well, there's no gospel witness here. There is a gospel witness there. How can we complement it? Right. And that's, we did, we did consider that as well. We mm -hmm. looked at all the churches, especially in Beacon. Yeah. 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 It was, it's an important part of, of what we're trying to do is say, okay, what's the lay of the land? That takes a few years, but we're worshiping all the time. People are getting saved. You know, and that's the thing that I want people to know. People are coming to Christ in the branches. People are getting saved. Lives are being transformed. Yep. And that's... That's it. That's huge. That's it. So Praise God. the Great Commission Fund, give us the, the details again of when, how people can give to it. What so does that look like? The idea is to have people give a certain amount over their tithes for 10 weeks to support these branches. So we start on Sunday, September 11th, 2022, and go for 10 weeks until the weekend of November 13th, 2022. And then the next weekend, the weekend before Thanksgiving Advent, we announce the results. Okay. And we're going to put out a little card with different, you know, amounts that people can check. Okay. And, yeah. you know, there's some people that can give substantially. Mm -hmm. So they can over 10 weeks. And some people will just give one amount, say, well, this is what I would give over 10 weeks. Sure. But the idea is that we're going to take this 10 weeks, we're going to be talking about it for 10 weeks, praying about it for 10 weeks, just a little season where we're focused mm -hmm. on that, and we'll make the adjustments we need to make. But the, the, the sense I have is that this would be best as an annual thing. Yeah. You know, that we, this is part of how we fund God's great commission work through us as a church, as a church. Amen. Well, I'm excited about it. I'm especially excited about the kind of adjustment in people's minds of what is our branch system for? Why are we doing this? Right. It is about the great commission. It's about nothing else. It's not about the Goodwill Church name. It's not about building an empire for ourselves. It is about the right. great commission. That's really why we do what we do. Amen. So um, any last questions, Jess? Nope. No? You guys did You're a good, good job. Covered it all. Okay. All right. You sure? Yep. Okay. Why should I have? I don't know. I just want to make nothing. sure we don't we My don't. My paper miss you. is completely empty. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's every episode. You sit there with an empty paper. So am I wrong? Welcome to my brain. <laughs> 
No, this was this is helpful. I hope people, when they see the videos, um, they're reminded of the conversation we just had, right. um, and that they want to give to this. I really hope that people capture the vision of why we're doing what we're doing. It's about the gospel. Yeah. It's about people coming to Christ. And, uh, so, well, thank you. Thanks yeah. for being here. Yep. Thanks yeah. for Appreciate having you coming me. back. Yep. Um, you're gonna be back again soon, I think, because we're gonna be we're gonna get all the pastors in the room here soon. Is the oh, plan? Yeah. So, I get a day off. Up. You do. You do. Lucky you. Wow. All right. You're welcome. I got a few days off. A lot of them. Yeah, and you carried the whole show, so at least we can do. Just give me one. Yeah. Half a day off. And once in a while. I mean, we gave you a whole season off back in the day, but that's okay. We're not going to bring that up. It's just this. You need another day off. It's good. I'm going to throw something at you. That's a good way to end it. This has been <laughs> episode season 12, episode 6 of Good Will Talk. Episode 7 of Good Will Talk. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week 